Welcome to the podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse Tabernacle. You can find out more about our church at lighthouseofmaslin.com or join us for worship Sundays at 11. We pray this message will be a blessing to you. serve a wonderful God. I'm reading from the book of Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. And uh, what I'm bringing to you this morning is nothing new. I have ministered on this subject before. Uh, but while shivering under a blanket in my office, <laughs> I asked the Lord to give me direction. And uh, he brought this very clearly to my mind. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I want to read that for you again in the New Living Translation. So let's not get tired doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing. If we don't give up. Don't get tired of doing what is good. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. You know what that means? We live in this human world. We operate in these human bodies. But the weapons that we fight with are not bombs, they're not swords, they're not guns, they're not grenades, they're not planes. But the weapons of our warfare, though they might not be physical weapons, this is what it says, but mighty. But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I want to talk to you this morning on the subject one more time around. One more time Around. Will you lift your hands and your voices with me again? Jesus, I worship you this morning. Lord, and I know your word is anointed. I know your word is powerful. And Lord, I just pray that you would anoint my lips, Lord Jesus, to speak. And open our hearts and our souls to hear, Lord Jesus, not what I have to say, but what your word has to say in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. He may be seated. Persistence is a unique, rare, and treasured trait that so few people possess when it comes to matters of importance. So often at the first sign of struggle, people give up on their dreams, they give up on their marriage, they give up on their friendships, they give up on things that seem to matter to them so much, but when it comes to any resistance at all, they just surrender and walk away. But I'm reminded of the words of Thomas Edison after he was asked thousands and thousands over and over again failing, trying to make a light bulb and none of it worked. And they said, how does it feel to fail so many times? He just said, I found out how many ways not to make a light bulb. 
There's so much in life that comes from the simply getting up and going one more time again. People often think that battles are something that happen in a moment or maybe a day. And wars are anything that's longer than a few minutes or a day. But in reality, wars go on for years. And in most circumstances, battles last for days, weeks, or even months. Battles aren't something that just lasts in a few little things. It's just, we would qualify as a skirmish. A few shots fired and that's the battle. No, battles last for days. Battles last for weeks. Battles last for months. They go on and on sometimes. There's some battles that just simply cannot be won in a day. Some battles are won over a period of time by that constant getting up and attacking the enemy's stronghold. I love that portion of scripture in 2 Corinthians because it paints such a vivid description of what it's like to wage war on the spiritual level. It isn't something that is done with physical aggression, but it's something that is done through a persistent attack on the enemy's strongholds. The weapons of our warfare are not fleshly, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Do you know what a stronghold is? A stronghold is a place in which the enemy has fortified his position. They've dug trenches. They've built walls. They've put up barbed wire. They have themselves buried deep where it's not easy to penetrate. But the Spirit of God is powerful. And through your prayers and your fasting, you can pull down those strongholds that the enemy has built around your loved ones around your heart, around your mind the weapons of our warfare are mighty if we'll use them it had been a long time in the making an entire generation has come and gone 40 long years wandering in a desert place. Forty long years. Sometimes they were so close but never allowed to cross. But here they are. They've crossed the River Jordan, the first Passover in the Promised Land. Spies are sent so much wonderful things have happened and they've come to this moment. It's time to take the city. There's going to be a great battle. How will it go down? Will there be angels sent on fiery chariots to fight alongside them? Will the Lord release plagues like he did in Egypt? We see one time where the Lord sent down hornets to fight some of the battles. Other times when they were fighting their enemies in the future, it said the woods killed more than the soldiers did. The Lord just turned nature against them. When describing the battle, 
It said the stars fought against Sisera. God has such a unique and creative way to go about it. And you never know exactly how he's going to do it. And now they sit here. God told them what city they're going to go to first. Of course, he picked the biggest and the hardest of them. And they're looking at this city of Jericho, surrounded by walls. See, we don't think of walls as too big of a deal because we have planes and missiles. We've got even artillery that can shoot way out in the distance. Walls don't mean much to us these days. But walls meant everything in a day without modern technology. And Jericho is no normal walled city. Jericho sits on a mound. And around the city is a great earthen rampart or an embankment built up against it. At the base of that embankment, there is a stone retaining wall. That retaining wall that holds the embankment in place is 12 to 15 feet high. On top of that 12 to 15 foot high retaining wall, there is a mud brick wall that's six feet thick and between 20 and 26 feet tall, depending on the place around the city. At the top of that, there's another hill. And another wall, the base of that wall, not the top of it, the base of that wall is 46 feet above ground level. And another 20 to 26 feet above that. It was impregnable. There was no way through. There were no weapons that could tear it down. It was a city that was beyond well guarded. It was fortified. It could last for years in a siege. And now this is the battle that they're going to have to fight. And Joshua prays, Lord, what will we do? He's waiting for a great command. He's waiting to see Michael and the angels come down with swords drawn. But here the Lord just simply tells him, go walk around the city. Get everybody. Get the young, get the old, the babies. Get everybody. And you start walking around the city. What's going to happen then, Lord? You're going to come home. What do I do, Lord? Just get up on another Sunday morning. Go back to the house of God. Lift your voice in faith one more time and go back home. What do we do when we get back to the camp, Lord? You're going to go again the next day. Okay, then what, Lord? You're going to do it again and again and again and again and again. And then when you get to the seventh day, Joshua, you're going to do something special on the seventh day. What are we going to do then, Lord? Is that when the angels come? 
It's now when there's an earthquake. It's now when there's plagues. Hit them with the frogs, Lord. Can you imagine hitting Jericho with the frogs? There's walls. They just keep piling up. No, on the seventh day when you're done walking, walk again. And walk seven times. <laughs> Can you imagine being Joshua and giving this battle plan? He's already compared to Moses. You understand Moses lifts his arms and they can't lose the battle. Moses just lifts his arms and the sea parts. Moses strikes a rock with the rod and water gushes out enough for four million people. Moses is the one that he has to wear a veil over his face because his face permanently shines with the glory of God. Moses is the place that God talking about him said, I've never talked to anybody the way I talk to Moses. Oh, I talk in visions and I talk in dreams and people hear my voice. But when I talk to Moses, I talk to him face to face like a man talks to his friend. And now you're the next guy. You're Joshua. What are we going to do, Joshua? Do you got the rod, Joshua? No, but I've got a plan. I've heard from the Lord. Get everybody. They're sharpening little swords for the babies. Here, you're going to need that. Grandpa sharpened the walker. Take the tennis balls off. You can poke four at a time. Everybody's coming. The men, the women, the children, the young and the old, everybody, and they're ready for it. 40 long years. Let us at it. What are we going to do? Nobody talk. We're just going to walk. Then what are we going to do? We're going to come home. Do you know what a process it is to make four million people walk around a city? Can you imagine these things that are taking place in the minds of everyone? That first morning when it comes and everybody gets up and they just start walking towards Jericho. It isn't far, but imagine how long the line was. You think Chick-fil-A's line at the drive-thru is long. Four million people walking. It took a long time. Now imagine if you're inside the city and you realize they sent everybody. It's shocking all. They're not holding anything back. Did you see that baby? Yes, I think it had a knife. Everybody is coming. They're going to attack all of them at once. And they're waiting with bated breath. And all of a sudden, they realize there's no swords being drawn. There's no spears being thrown. No arrows are shot. 
they're just walking. The laughter begins. <laughs> That's all you got? <laughs> this is Jericho, baby. <laughs> That's what you're going to bring? You're going to walk. Laughter begins to move. Taunting as they scream insults towards the Israelites. And it would only seem logical because that's how you fight in a walled city. You begin to throw things. You know, that's how a walled city defends itself. Archers are placed around the edge. Barrels of boiling water and oil are placed at the edge of the walls. Rocks and stones are stacked up around. You know why? So that they can throw them. Because you get hit with the brick from 46 feet up in the air. You're not going to walk away. And so I imagine several things are taking place here logically. One, the Israelites are staying out of brick range. And two, the people of Jericho are doing everything in their power to stop them. As several million people do a lap around the city. The confusion. Inside and out. And why I've taken some steps of faith for the Lord. I've never done anything this big. And I can imagine Joshua. Oh God, you sure about this one? <laughs> Brother Mauer, you pastored a long time. You know those moments where you're in faith, you're out there on the water, and you think, Lord, I don't know about this. I was at a funeral. The Lord had told me an elder was going to pass. He told me what I was to say, and then he was going to fill people with the Holy Ghost. I thought, uh oh. And I thought, yeah, that's great. The Lord told me he's going to do it. We're going to have the choir sing. This is going to be a funeral like no other funeral. COVID hit. No one was allowed at the funeral but the immediate family. And I stood out in the hall and thought, oh, okay. <laughs> Lord, you sure about this? <laughs> but I've disobeyed before and I've learned my lessons. Some things you learn from people telling and some things you learn by pain. And I've learned too many by pain. And so I wasn't going to learn it again. And so I thought, I'll just, I told Bishop, I said, Grandpa, going to do what I was told, but I don't know about this. <laughs> There's two filled with the Holy Ghost that day. There's those moments where it doesn't make sense, but you trust what the Lord has said. There's the moments when you hear the murmur of the enemy. And sometimes there's the moments when you hear the murmur of friends and brethren. What are you doing? This isn't logical. It doesn't make sense. But when the Lord is on your side, all you got to know is just put one foot in front of the other and keep on following after him. Oh, the murmurs are loud and they are numerous. As everybody's worn out and tired, going back. Why'd we do that anyways? If we weren't going to do anything, could have just stayed here and did nothing. But 
Look at them go. Second day, they go around. And you know what happened? Nothing. The bricks didn't wobble. Oh, that preach is real good. You can, you can hear the, the bricks starting to wobble. Brick, not, there wasn't a brick that wobbled. They just walked around, come back. Third day, they get up and they walk around. And do you know what happened on the third day? Nothing. Four days, nothing happened. Five days, nothing happened. Now they're tired. Now their feet are blistered. Now they're sunburnt. What are we doing today, Joshua? You know what we're doing today. But it hasn't worked yet. It doesn't matter. Let's keep doing what the Lord told us to do. And the sixth day, they get up. And the sixth day, they walk around the city. And do you know what happened on the sixth day? Nothing happened at all. And they went back. And the seventh day came. And he tells them, today we don't walk once. Today we walk seven times. Nobody say a word. No one so much as whisper to your children. Everyone is to be quiet. But when the seventh time comes, we're going to shout. And when we shout, something is going to happen. What's going to happen, Joshua? I haven't been told that yet. What do you mean? He kind of left that out of the instructions. Meteor, Josh? Don't know. Angels? Don't know. Frogs? I like the frogs. No. What are we going to do? We're going to do what the Lord said. And so the seventh day, they wake up, and there they go, millions of them. And they walk. And they walk around the city on the seventh day. And nothing happens. They walk around a second time. And nothing happens. They walk around a third time. And nothing happens. A fourth time. And nothing happens. A fifth time. And nothing happens. A sixth time. And nothing happens. And they could have given up. And they could have stopped. They could have said it won't work. They could have said the walls are too strong. The enemy's too strong. God won't do it. So let's just stop. But Joshua said. One more time. Let's go around one more time. One more time, guys. Come on. But Joshua, we've already done it 13 times. It's not working. One more time, boys. Let's just keep going. The Lord said he's going to do it. One more time around. And they go around and they get halfway and nothing happens. And they get a two-thirds of the way and nothing happens. Three-quarters of the way and nothing happens. But all of a the sudden, there was a place where nothing is taking place. Nothing is happening. 
Nothing's changed. You can't see a difference. But what you've got to understand is God's kingdom does not come with a loading bar. I love a loading bar. You know why companies put those in? It does nothing except keep you from ruining your phone. It does absolutely nothing but keep you from destroying the entire software of your computer by giving up and hitting, oh, it's not working and and powering it down. So to keep you from fouling up, the companies put a little thing, 70%, one more minute. That's a lie. One more minute. Set a minute for an hour. One more minute. One more minute. Don't shut it off. One more minute. And then it says, don't power down, don't touch. One more minute, one more minute. And showing you the progress so you won't give up. And I tell you, there's so many times in my life, I thought, Lord, just just put one in the sky. (laughs) I had really good go for a, a, a percentage bar right about now, Lord. Let me know where I'm at in the process. But God does not do that because we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by what? Faith, not by sight. God doesn't give us that loading bar, but he does tell us if we don't give up, we are going to reap at the right time. Just keep getting it up and doing the right thing because the harvest will come. The blessings will come. And there's the place. I wish I knew where that place was. Maybe it was front of Rahab's house. I don't know. But there's a place. Where nothing happens, nothing's transpiring, and the next step, just one more step. Stop here, you get nothing. One more step. One more step, there's victory. One more step, there's the sound, the roar, the sound of a crowd. Godly crowd, there's nothing like it. The sound of the crowd begins, ah, it begins to raise. And as that voice of the people raise, faith begins to raise. And all of a sudden, one wall doesn't come down. Do you realize that? It wasn't one wall that comes down. Two walls come down. Two walls come down. Victory was one step, there's a place where victory is one step away. There, yes, there's a place where victory is laps away. There's victory, there's a place where victory is one more lap away. But there is a place where victory is literally just one more step. One more step. I never forget it, Bishop. I was preaching when I was a teenager, and he said it, and you only ever heard him say it once, but it stuck with me. It just lodged somewhere deep down in my soul, and I've never forgotten it, and I keep it in my mind. He said, I wonder how many people are about to receive their miracle, and they walk up to God's desk and say, never mind. And they give up right before the miracle takes place. The scripture is full of it. Elijah prayed. He didn't pray once. He didn't pray twice. He didn't pray four or five times. He prayed and prayed six times. He prayed and he prayed 
And he prayed. And you know what was happening? Nothing was happening. But when he prayed the seventh time, his servant, he told him to go look again. And the servant went and he looked. I picture it as that meme, that lady in the meme. You know who I'm talking about. He's squinting out there. He said, you know what? <laughs> about the size of my hand. <laughs> I just say, hey, fellows, get. <laughs> get. <laughs> you, you better get going. Rain's coming. It happened with Naaman the leper. He dipped once and nothing happened. He was still a leper. He dipped twice and he was still a leper. It didn't happen until the seventh time he went down in that water. He didn't get a little cleaner every time. It's just some preachers say he was a leper all six times. But when he went down the seventh time, that's when the miracle happened. There's something that transpires in that mind, in that attitude. You can hear the voice of Naaman's servant saying, come on. He didn't say, hey, look, oh, Naaman's like, it's not working. Look, boys, told you this river was dirty. And you can hear the voice of the servant. Oh, he didn't, he didn't say four times. Come on. You can do it. Take a breath. That's a good general. <laughs> Stinking river, Jordan. Come on, come on. One more time, one more time. Almost there, almost there. And the seventh time. One more time. One more time. One more time. And when he went down the seventh time, that's when the miracle transpired. And the fishes and the loaves. The multitude is needy. And I'm almost done. Only count the men. So figuring in women and children, somewhere between ten and thirteen thousand people. Some say up to fifteen thousand. He sends the twelve out to see if anybody has any food. Out of all those people, everyone says they don't have anything. But one little boy, come on. There was a lot of food out there. Only one little boy is willing to give it. It's two little fish. They weren't even big fish. Little fish. Handful of little loaves of bread. You can hear the fear in the voice of the apostles. As he says, boys, send them out in groups of 50 and 100. I tell you, I've run out of food at an apostolic event. I almost didn't escape with my life. There's fear. And the Lord, they come back and they say, okay, what do we do now? And the Lord says, bless this food. You know why you should pray with your food? Jesus did it. Bless this food. And he breaks it up. Just couple pieces in this basket, a couple pieces in there. Divided up over 12 baskets, that's not a whole lot. And they're looking down in it. He didn't multiply in Jesus' hands. It didn't multiply when it hit the basket. What do we do with this? Go feed them. There's some big ones, Lord. 
There's barely enough to get hungry on. Go feed them. And they go out. Don't have much, sorry. Probably only enough for maybe half of you. One of, maybe one. Half of one. Pick a skinny one to start with. That's all I've got. What do you mean that's all, that's all I've got? Can you look? Well, oh. oh, I missed a piece. Here's another one. I want to know. This is my, one of my first questions. How long did it take? How long did it take to register in their minds? People are slow. I'm slow sometimes. You can ask my wife. Hey, Pete, can you look and see if there's any? Oh, that was my last. But just look, Pete. Oh, you know what? You're right. There's another one. And every time, you know where the miracle happened? The miracle happened in reaching in one more time. One more time. It was never a full basket, but the basket was always provided as long as they were willing to reach out one more time in faith. The miracle that so many wait for is just around the corner. These events are recorded for a reason. It's so that we can understand something. Don't give up. You know, Jesus, after giving the parable, it tells he gave this parable so they would never give up. So they would pray and not give up. Never give up. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Keep going. But I've been doing it a long time. Come on. One more time. One more time to your knees. One more time fast. One more time take it to the Lord. Don't give up. Just one more time around. Just one more time. Just one more time. Just one more time. Jesus was asked, by his disciples how to pray. And we love to say it. Our Father which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. We love it. It sounds pretty. But you know. That's not where it ended. He kept talking. He also said. If you have a friend who needs food and you don't have any to give them and you walk over to the neighbor's house and you start knocking on the door. Hey, I need some food. And the neighbor opens up the window and says, Get out of here. I'm trying to sleep. You're going to wake up the baby. My kids are tucked in. Let me tell you, I have young ones. That could get a person killed. My wife's not slept in a few days. Don't wake up that baby. He knocks again. 
Hey, my buddy's here. He needs something to eat. Give me some food. He says, go away. He said, if the Lord, this is what Jesus is saying when he's teaching us to pray. He said, if you will keep knocking, if you will keep knocking, he will give you bread. Not because he loves you, not because he loves your neighbor, but just because you won't stop. What are we supposed to take from there? Jesus loves me. Jesus loves my neighbor. Jesus loves my friend. Jesus loves my family. And so when I say, Lord, they need you. Lord, they need some bread. He's the bread of life. Lord, they really need you. Please touch them. Lord, they really need you. Please save them. Lord, please reach down, touch them. Move on the situation. Lord, please, I'm asking you. And you think, well, God didn't hear me. He told you, if a bad person, an uncaring person, will give you what you want just to make you go away, what do you think your heavenly Father will do? What do you think? Your heavenly father will do. Clark's birthday is still two weeks away. A little over two weeks. I have been told about 500 things that he would like for his birthday. If you were to add them all up, it would be $10,000 minimum. I don't know who he thinks he's talking to here. But every day, it's a whole new list. It's not the same list. It's a whole new list. And so, you know what? We wait <laughs> to see what he really wants. You know, I was thinking today, what I want for my birthday. And you know what? And the next day, something different. You know, that's how a lot of us pray. I've been praying for you, and that really means you thought, oh, Lord, touch so-and-so, and that was it. He didn't say anything since. But you know what? He said, if you keep knocking, you'll get your answer. This is still the answer to the question. Jesus, how do we pray? Ask, and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock, and it will be opened unto you. He gave us an example. He gave us a plain blueprint. If you want it, don't stop until you get it. Pray until those walls come down around your family. Pray until those walls come down around your sickness, around your marriage, around your children. Pray! Until the walls come down. Oh, but I've prayed so many times. I've wept so many tears. What do I do? One more time. Habakkuk 2 and 3 says, For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak. And not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it. Because it will surely come. It will not tarry. See, what does that mean? 
if it tarries, wait for it because it won't tarry. It means there is a moment. He's already there in the future. He sees exactly when my miracle is going to take place. And I'm moving through time trying to get to where that moment is. But he's already there. And so he told me he's going to do it. And I, I'm thinking, Lord, it's not here yet. But he, he said, it's, it's not going to delay. I know just when it's going to happen. Just keep waiting. Keep going. Don't give up. It, it, it's right there. If we don't give up, we'll reap. Harold, I'm coming to you. Okay? I promise you, I'm going to come to you. You got it? You believe me? Am I there yet? But I'm coming. I made you a promise. I'm coming. Am I there yet, Harold? But I'm coming. Oh, Nikki said you're coming. Look at you, you're not here. I'm coming. Am I there yet? Are you getting it? I told him I was going to do it. I didn't lie. Just wait. I'm coming. You know what? That's exactly what we got to do. When the Lord has spoken to you, don't you give up. Don't turn away. Don't stop praying. He told you he's going to do it. One more time. One more time. One more time. One more time. Oh, Stand with me. Lift your hands. Lift your voices. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Come on, why don't you lift your voice with me across this place? Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. I'm going to go one more time, God. I'm going to walk around it one more time. One more time. One more time. Oh, Lord, I prayed before, but I'm not giving up. You know what I want, and I'm not laying it down. One more time. One more time. One more time. One more time. Oh, Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Oh, God. Jesus, 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 Jesus. One more time. One more time. One more time. Jesus, 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 Jesus. No. Let's talk to the Lord for another moment. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, God. 
are some things the Lord promised me that I waited years for. There are some things the Lord promised me that I waited decades for. There are some things the Lord promised me and I'm still waiting for. That building across the street, I walked around it, physically walked around it. And I'm talking spiritually. I kept praying for it. I physically walked around it thousands of times. And that's not an exaggeration. Thousands of times. Sometimes I'd walk 20 and 30 times at a pop. One day, out of nowhere, we got a call. That land next door, same thing, both leases. I remember one time, my mother called me. She said, someone's surveying the far piece. I think it's sold. I walked out there and I angrily marched around. This is mine. You promised me. Turned out it was the city getting rid of the easement that I had prayed he would remove. But a couple of days later, the church phone rang, and it was Mr. Kim, the owner, wanting to sell. I think it was 70,000 less, 90,000 less than what he'd asked for before. Those are just things that don't matter too much. But you know what? I was talking to the Lord the other day because I noticed three prayers I had prayed this past week. Three of them. I asked, and they were all substantial. Three of them were answered immediately at the moment I said them. And I said, wow, Lord, I don't know what's going on. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. God is on the move. Brother Mal, I was talking to my wife about when Brother Mallory was here. It's when I say I haven't felt like the same person since. I truly feel like a different person. My faith is different. My mindset's different. And I was telling her about it. She said, you know what? I felt it when he had a shower. This is not the time. This is not a time to surrender someone's soul. Just say, say, but it's been a long time. It's all right. Let's go again. One more time. One more time. He does not lie. These are the words that I live by. These are the words that some days... It's the only thing that gives me the strength to 
put that foot back down again. You know why? You know why? You can't lie to me. So I'm going to keep walking. And you know what? I've checked things off. Checked them off. Checked them off. Oh, there's some I'm still waiting on. Yes, but I've been checking off a lot. What about those ones? That's all right. I'll go again. Because this time, that wall might fall. Uh, But it didn't fall last time. Yeah, but this could be the time. But it didn't happen last step. Yes, but you don't know what this prayer is going to do. But Cousin Mike's not here today. That scene. I'll never forget the day standing in the food court at the mall. I never went to the mall. I hate the mall. I had talked to Mike a lot. I had prayed for Mike a lot. We are closer than most cousins. We're more like brothers. We're so close. And I asked him, I said, Mike, do you ever think about it? He said, every day. It was just a little bit after that. He was back in the church. Oh, I'm telling you. What do you do when you've prayed before? Come on, one more time. This altar's open one more time. Come on, give it to the Lord one more time. Put it at his feet one more time. What are you waiting for? Is your promise worth taking one more step? Oh, say, but they're going to say he's always up there. She's always up there. Who cares what they think? Oh, I don't care what anybody else thinks. I'm waiting. I'm going to go again. Because today's my day. Today might be my day. One more time. One more time.